0: This is The Instigators, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
1: We are going!
0: That means at the very least, we picked up a single point along the way through 60 Minutes of Play, Marty. Hey, we're back for another episode. This is great. This is awesome. And Duffer, I like the analogy of a single point
1: along the way. It was always like in my goal, at least I'm not going to get a loss, right? Like it's not going to be in the loss column. Like it doesn't matter what happens now. I'm not taking a loss.
0: That's why I love being around the positive people that are always stressing. And especially nowadays, like just, you know, Win, win the little moments. Win the little yeah. moments. Win the, and every time I think, well, if I can at least get a point out of this little moment, <laughs> we're going to be in better shape <laughs> as the day goes along. Hey, the Sabers are obviously turning over, and you know, trying to think of what they want and where they will ultimately be, and to have a local presence now amidst their mix, albeit. Still a little bit of time away, based on healing from his offseason surgery. Alex Tuck is going to join us here in moments.
1: Yeah, and I really like Alex. Number one as a player, I always thought he was a big forward, power forward, strong. He can fly. Uh, he can, you know, really take the puck to the net. So I, lo- he has skills. I loved him as a player, and then I got to meet him. Um, so a few a few years back, he played with uh, a a group of Sabres alumni and whatnot with Pat Coletta in the 11 day power play. So uh, and so I got to, to hang out with him for four or five hours or whatnot. And he's just a fantastic person. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy that now he gets to come here in Buffalo. He loves uh, the fact that he'll be a Buffalo Sabre represent the, uh, the the Western New York, central New York area. And uh, so very excited for him to come over.
0: Are you nervous at all that he's going to demand that we take him out for dinner now after they did, he and his family did for us in Vegas? Well, maybe
1: we should ask him. And you know
0: what? We did not know that night that we went to dinner with Alex Stock is that the
1: next morning he was signing his big contract. So maybe we should have had a couple of bottles of wine
0: on top of it. I love the fact that you brought up the 11-day power play. It's going to be a theme woven through this episode of Instigators Overtime presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. It's time for Alex Tuck. Alex, this is the big transition time for you as you uh, literally, physically move from Vegas to Buffalo. Uh, How's that process going?
2: Uh, It's a long process, honestly. Uh, Yeah. Uh, when it happened uh, I got called Wednesday night The news came out Thursday Uh, I hopped on a flight actually Friday to go out and meet the team and um, meet the coaching staff and everything like that which I actually saw a lot of familiar faces Um, but because of my injury I'm able to uh, not have to rush into meeting the guys on the road or or flying in and playing the same day so I get to take a little bit more time. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise. It's uh, for my family and I, and um, we're just packing up our house right now. It took a couple minutes to talk to you guys and uh, we'll be back in Buffalo in a few days.
1: So you said you got a call on Wednesday night and the news broke on Thursday morning, but did you have any other conversation before that? Did, did you talk to somebody in Vegas or Buffalo on Tuesday, on Monday, the week before uh, did I guess that's the question. Did you talk to anybody before that?
2: No, I didn't. I was talking to my agent a little bit because the news came out almost almost two weeks ago now that like, yeah. oh, like things were heating up with Eichel and Vegas. And I had a feeling that if we were making a trade with Buffalo, that I could potentially go the other way. Um, so I called my agent. He's like, I haven't heard anything. And he started reaching out to people and he was like, I don't think you're involved. That's not what anyone's heard. So I was like, okay, Um, then the next week comes and uh, it got really quiet. And then I get a text from Kelly McCrimmon, hey, Tucky, please call me. Uh, And I pretty much knew right there. Um, I knew, I was like, okay. So I called them, we had about 20 minute phone conversation and um, it was a good conversation. It was um, obviously a a tough one, Um, but I said it before, I'll say it again. I owe him and a lot of people in Vegas um, uh, a lot, honestly, for my career, uh, what they did for myself and my family. Uh, but it, it was time to, uh, I guess, turn a new page in, in my hockey career. Um, and so I was, after I got off the phone with him, uh, I obviously talked to my, my girlfriend, um, we lived together. And uh, then I called my parents and uh, I called my agent um and then I got a call from Kevin Adams about an or after I talked to Kevin Krimmon um and just to hear how excited he was um made me feel really special it was it, it made it a lot easier on me um mentally because honestly uh, if you've ever been traded um you know it's a business and it is tough though especially if you've been in a place for almost five years now so it was uh it was really tough uh, at first but he made it a lot easier and uh, the support that I've had from uh, the organization, the players in Buffalo, and uh, the fans have been unbelievable. So uh, it's it's made it a lot easier, and uh, it's uh, gotten my excitement level up even higher than it was initially.
1: I'll tell you this, though. I, I did get traded from Buffalo to Philly. I wasn't even playing. I was the backup to Ryan Miller, right? So I know my contract was expiring, and I was going to be going somewhere else in the summertime as a free agent, and that straight deadline and I get traded to Philly. And even though I was excited to go to Philadelphia because I was going to get a, a new role, I was going to be a number one goalie again, when I got home and obviously my, my my wife's family at the time was all there and my mother-in-law was crying. Like she was like, you know, like we were leaving, right? So it's it's hard. It's it's not easy to go through a trade, even though I was so excited. I could not wait to get to Philadelphia. It's hard. So is that the same thing for you or with your family in Syracuse and well, he's coming home like,
2: this is great. Well, yeah, I mean, they love Vegas and my girlfriend loved Vegas. Um, We've been living together for a year now and she started really putting down roots here and she uh, had a lot of friends on the team and stuff like that. So it was really tough for her and uh, my family. It was, uh, it was mixed emotions for sure. Um, With uh, they love Vegas. They really did. And, um but you know it like i said it's part of the business but they and they were coming home pretty much to play for the buffalo sabers who i grew up as my favorite team yeah marty i was watching you during those years i definitely (laughs) was and uh you weren't playing as much behind ryan miller (laughs) yeah uh,
1: exactly although although (laughs) although when he needed a break I was right there to fill in, so that was good. Oh yeah, did <laughs> big well. winning you streak. Did
2: well. You put up some good numbers for sure. But um, oh yeah, yeah,
1: here you go. Spit, spit, those numbers out if you have them, Tucky.
2: <laughs> I don't think I have those. I wasn't watching bullies too much. But um, no, I mean they're super excited, and uh, I have a lot of friends and family in obviously Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo area, all around yeah. upstate New York and western New York. So they're very excited. I, I don't even know how many texts I got just uh, with pure joy and like congratulations and welcome home and a lot of stuff like that. So uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: The honesty you shared a minute ago about when it was maybe two weeks away from happening was really interesting to me. Um, the fact that you instinctively connect the dots like, well, geez, the Buffalo and Vegas are talking like I'm probably the good chance I'm a part of this. I, I I'm really surprised that you might have drifted away from that thinking at any point, Alex, because I just, for most of us, I think if it was Buffalo Vegas, like it was always going to have you in it. Were, were you ever like that 100% confident that, you know, and again, there's emotions involved in it for you, but to me, like this deal was never going to happen unless you were a part of it.
2: I mean, I, I, I had no idea. Like, I, I obviously I'm not in the I'm not in the rooms with the GMs and on those phone calls, so I I couldn't tell you. Like, I mean, my um, honestly, I've always really tried to to not worry about things that are out of your control. So yeah, you hear the rumors, and I'm on Twitter, so I, I get tweeted out a bunch of stuff and all these things. And but there was also other rumors out there with other players and other teams. So I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen. If it happens, you know what, it's going to be, like I said, it's another page. It's, uh, it's, it's um, honestly, it's going to, I think it's going to be really great for my career. And um, I think, and I know that I'm going to really love it.
1: I know you're going to love it, but uh, let me go back to when you signed your contract, right? And I, if I, if Kefran Lee is right, it was on October the ni- Um, Let me go back October the 19th, 2018. So October 18th, 2019, um, the Sabres played in Vegas. And after the game, Duffer and I were kind of wandering around. I was texting you like, hey, where where should we go for dinner? And your dad and a bunch of buddies were all there. And we didn't know that, but you were almost celebrating your new contract at the time. Um, Are you, and, and then you played really well that whole year. So my long way to ask question is, are you, a good player under pressure because I felt like you started that season so good knowing that, Hey, I'm trying to negotiate my contract and you played so well that year, knowing you had the pressure of the contract and now you're coming into Buffalo and it's going to be some pressure on you to perform. Obviously you're in that big trade. So are you a guy that feels plays well under pressure?
2: I feel like I, I, I am, and I can be, and I want to continue to get better, but honestly, I, I had already signed my contract to center before that season. Uh, Oh, did so you really? To, uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I came in. I was actually injured to start the season. Yeah. Um. And while during my injury, uh, George McPhee brought me into his office and offered me a contract extension, and we negotiated for about a week. And I ended up signing that deal before I even came back and played. Um. But I, I honestly don't think my game really changes, um, pressure or not, throughout the whole year. Whether whether it's the first game of the season. Or playoffs, I think that I play the same way uh, no matter what. So um, that's something that I take great pride in: is my consistency and coming in with a really hard work ethic, uh, day in and day out.
1: I thought he was going to say, "Now we owe him dinner because he took care of the bill that night." So we probably owe you now.
2: Actually, actually, you owe my dad dinner.
1: Oh, he put it
2: on, <laughs> put it on the company card. Don't tell anybody.
0: Okay, good. It's a tax write-off. I'll do the same. (laughs) Well, since we're not telling anybody, what company is it? (laughs) Yeah, right. No. Uh, Honestly, like that was that was such a fun experience for us, and and we're very grateful. And you just talked about being under pressure and dealing with it. Well, I, you know, your playoffs and the numbers you post in the playoffs speak for themselves. I'm wondering what what age was Alex Tuck when. He started embracing those pressure moments, you know, with your travel team and the tournaments you went to and things like that. Like, I think most of us have those memories as a kid, because they're so vivid and so fun with our friends, you know, where you had like this incredible moment. Do you remember? Do you have any of those?
2: I mean, oh, like one, I mean, I I enjoyed all of them. Honestly, I was, I just love playing hockey. I I love playing hockey. I love scoring goals and I love winning. I think i actually grew up on a team that really didn't win much um but i went to the u.s program and we won the u18 world championships um i went to boston college we made it to the frozen four uh we were pretty disappointed my my uh sophomore year before i left and then um my time in vegas was a lot of playoff games and um there is a lot of pressure but you know what it's a lot of fun and I think it really playoff hockey really fits my style of play and um and that's what I want I want to bring not only the playoffs but the regular season here in Buffalo and um honestly there wasn't probably one moment but I really just enjoyed all of it
1: so I go back to the oh man was it four years ago Possibly when we played together during the 11-day power play and we did that one shift at the end where we played against the top raising uh, fundraising teams and, and I didn't really know you. And, and I was number one impressed with your size and your speed, but also your ability to just be yourself around many different types of people and people wanting your autograph. And um, how, I guess, how do you handle, you know, being now in a place where you're going to have a lot of family members come in, asking for tickets, fans, you know, wanting autograph when you go to the grocery store, that's completely different than when you were in Vegas uh, in a much uh, bigger environment, if you can say.
2: Yeah. Um, It is going to be a lot different. It's going to be a lot of people that I know a lot of small connections. I've already, I think I went to dinner and someone came up and they're like, Oh, I, I lived in the same street as you in Syracuse. And I'm like, <laughs> like it's crazy it's a small <laughs> world it, it really is but honestly um my dad says it all the time um but I really take it to heart and uh I wouldn't be where I am today without all the support that I had from people back home and that have yeah. like helped me throughout my hockey career and and also like for like the little kids and stuff like that like I remember what it was like to meet like guy, like I met like Mario Lemieux or Claude Lemieux or even Marty Biron or something hey. like that. It was, it, it was really special to me. And if they took the time and I, and I had a, a lot of really good experiences with this when they took the time it meant the world to me just getting one autograph or a, even a picture. If I didn't have anything to get signed and stuff. So I, I really make sure that I don't, that I always stop. I always say yes. And if I do say no, and it's for a really good reason. It's not because I don't want to, it's because I am in a rush and stuff like that, or I can't do it for COVID protocols or stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I do want to take the time. I do want to interact with as many people and fans as possible, because honestly, I I, I think that I really want to connect with the entire community. And I, I right away, I, I want to, uh, uh, don't don't tell anyone, but I might make a secret appearance some uh, somewhere this weekend, and um, I've already been working don't, on that. But don't I a, tell I don't
1: anyone, know. but it's going to be out for everyone to know. So
2: yeah, well, no, we'll, we'll see. No, I'm no, but like obviously we can't um, do anything with a team with COVID and stuff like that. But I I, I want to get in, as involved in the community as possible. I have my own foundation that I want to bring out to to Buffalo, and it's already in Syracuse, and it was in Vegas, and obviously with the move, I want to bring it to Buffalo. But yep. I want I want to really. Um, interact with the fans as much as possible and uh, make Buffalo my home as well.
0: Oh my gosh, he's a like Marty. I I I think you're the master of the segue as we work together. But like Alex, it, you know, if you want to join us on set here for the next six weeks while you're rehabbing, yeah. but please. Um, and Duffer will buy a sweatshirt from your foundation because that's all he gets. He gets as sweatshirts from nice everything. Hoodie, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, big into hoodie. the hoodies right now. But honestly, so you just <laughs> threw out a whole bunch of things that we need to follow up on. First of all. The 11-day power play starts on Sunday. I want to know why and how you ended
2: up on the ice in it a couple years ago. So, um, actually, your predecessor, Andrew Peters, coached my little brother um, back when he played for the Buffalo Junior Sabres. And so I went and visited my little brother um, and stayed at Petey's house, and he was really great. And then one day he reached out and was like, hey, do you mind driving out to Buffalo doing this 11-day power play? And at that point, I had met like Patrick Colada, Matt Ellis, guys like that already. That and I was skating and training a, a little bit with, at the Harbor Center, uh, especially with my little brother. And I was like, "Yeah, I would love to." Like, drove up, tossed the gear on, had an unbelievable experience. They do a great job there. They raise a ton of money. It's just awesome. And guinness book of world records and it's really cool so to be a part of that was it was honestly really cool and i think i actually do might have i might have my jersey somewhere back in my parents up but i'll have to i'll have to do some digging. they have a lot of memorabilia but i'm sure that's yeah. somewhere around
0: okay, okay so then that's an easy connection so to speak but we all know that you know cancer hits everyone and that's why there's such support uh, in in this event but in so many events and here we are in Hockey Fight's Cancer Month across the NHL tell us about your foundation what its origins are and 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 why like I mean you Alex there's a real nice excitement in your voice when talking about coming back here and and wanting to, to further your foundation's efforts let's let's learn a little about it
2: Yeah so um, it's called the 89 Foundation um So when you say 89 it sounds like 89. Uh, clever play on words. I didn't come up with it. I'm not that clever, but, uh, um, but yeah, so we started out a few years ago. Um, and we really needed somewhat of a, a logo and something. Cause we had this idea of, Hey, let's do like a, uh, let's do a hockey camp that directly goes to charity and let's toss in a three on three tournament right in the middle so um sorry three on three game for like an actual pro game so there was guys like Andrew Peters Tom Sestito and then like younger guys like myself Joel Faraby, um and stuff like that so we did like a three on three game and I think throughout the whole week and three on three game we raised fifty thousand dollars it was an unbelievable um day and week and um, a lot of people came out to support and, um, there was people like that, that I'm really grateful for. And a lot of them are Buffalo Savers fans. are very happy I'm coming back, but, um, for the foundation, we came up to before it, we we're like, okay, we need a logo. We need some sort of branding. And so the, um, a friend of mine came up with the 89 and had the logo and everything like that. Um, and so we just continued to, okay, now let's make it legitimate. So a couple of years ago, we became a 501 C3. Uh, we've been doing small events here and there. We're not really we we're still trying to make um, I guess come out on social media and and really <laughs> I guess dig our heels in and, and make it legitimate. And um, I've had some partnerships with people in Vegas and also a partnership with uh, Calisanos Children's Hospital back in Syracuse. But our our main focus is pediatric cancer and special needs. So those are the two focuses that um, that we have for my foundation. Um, and honestly, it's been, it's been something that I've really cared about and something that, uh, I've really, uh, been passionate about. So I thought, why not raise money and, uh, support, um, charities and foundations that are underfunded. I I really think that, um, that I have the ability to raise a lot of money and, uh, use that and almost like a feeder program to like I said help those under underfunded underprivileged programs that are doing a really good job that are having an immediate impact because I want to try to affect as, as much as I can um but there are a lot of programs out there that might not be as big or might need some help here or there that do do a good job but um so yeah
1: well, you know that Buffalo is going to eat it up and support the 89 foundation because you look back, Ryan Miller, um, what was it? The steadfast foundation, I think yes. where Duffer was. So Mill Z's foundation, he did catwalk for charity, did so many events and people came out in big numbers, Bogo bunch, Zach Bogosian, he had his thing. And, and it was events were sold out all the time. So uh, I'm excited. You're bringing 89 to Buffalo because I know, I'll be a part of it. Whatever you need me to do, I'll dress up and do whatever you want. But, um, you know, the fan base here absolutely loves to connect with, uh, with players, not just as a Buffalo Sabres and the number 89, but the person and much more. So this is going to be great. So, yeah. And you are passionate about it. We can tell that's awesome.
0: Alex, why, why pediatric cancer and special needs?
2: Um, so I'll start with special needs. I, um, I had, I was really close to uh, my lacrosse coach when I was playing lacrosse back in high school. And he was the, uh, he was a special needs gym teacher. And so I would help him out a lot. And, um, that was one thing. And then I went to high school in Michigan and I was a part of this class that, um, there was like, that, that it was like the special needs, um, gym class. And there was, um, like eight of us, um, high functioning individuals, um, Um, would go in and we would walk with them, play sports with them. And just to see how everything in the world is going against these kids and to see them walking with a smile on their face each and every day just was like, how inspirational can that be? And so that was something that I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. And um, something that I wanted to be a part of and going forward. And then with the pediatric cancer, I mean, how, how can it get any worse than that? I mean, you see these kids who are absolute fighters and just, you know what, want to honestly just live and live a normal life, and they can't do that. And it really makes you think about your life and makes you not take anything for granted. And just to be able to help kids like that out, like, then those kids too, come in with a huge smile on their face. And when we did that charity game. Uh, We partnered up with Maureen's Hope in Syracuse and uh, they do beads. So every time the kid gets their blood drawn or every time the kid gets chemo or anything like that, they do these beads. And uh, I walked into the room, the kid had 256 beads, he's 11 years old. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Like, this is, this is insane. Like, how does, how does a kid, let alone anyone go through all that radiation, chemo, blood drawn, all these tests, everything? And it was just like, he was an inspiration to me. And, um, and right away, like he was, he was such a great kid. He dropped the puck of the game um, and it was amazing. So.
1: Wow. Just like, I mean, yeah, an inspiration to many, but your passion for it is an inspiration that should be for all athletes because um, they're not all the same and they don't all approach it the same, but uh, you approach it with passion and, and it shows and. Um, that's amazing. Um, I don't know how much time we still have, Duffer, so I don't know if you want me to jump into got, this or that. Or...
0: I, I hear we got time for this or that.
1: Okay, good, good. So so this or that. I, I Listen, you were really hard, really, really hard to come up with this or that, uh, Alex. Really? I, I don't know why, but so I, I guess we'll start with one that is a, a no-brainer. So 89, the number 89, you spoke about it when you uh, had your press conference, obviously, Alexander McGilney had the number 89. But there's also a good friend of ours in the Pagula Sports and Entertainment family that wore the number 89, and his name's Steve Tasker. And Steve Tasker could be an All-of-Famer as well. So I'm asking you this. Who wore it better, Alexander McGilney or Steve Tasker, this or that? Alex Duck, you're on, uh, you're on deck. Oh, wow. That <laughs> is.
2: How, man how do you do that to me right now how do I <laughs> that's the first one the other ones are easy <laughs> oh wow so you say if task is going to be in the hall of fame you gotta say task well in, in a way be...
1: he's not yet but I think he should be so shouldn't we yeah. really so yeah. they should both yeah. be all of famer
2: yeah I mean it's tough it really is it's really tough I don't know I don't know if I can say Listen,
1: I also know that Tasker will be at Sabres game and probably get a Tuck 89 jersey to walk around. So, if I'm you, I say Tasker. I I say
2: Tasker then. We're going to go with Tasker. Okay,
0: good. I'm going with Tasker as well for kind of that very reason, Marty. I'm going to see Tasker a lot more than I'm going to see (laughs) McGillney. And I have made it a point to stress that the Sabres who have not yet made it into the Hall of Fame. Rick Martin's at the top of my list. So I'm going to keep the focus there. And someday if Alex gets there, McGillney that is, and then hopefully you too as well, Alex, <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll be happy, but yes, Tasker's good.
1: So. Okay. Uh, another dis or that, and Duffer, you may answer this or that as well, but this really pertains to Alex. I've seen you pictures, social media, driving the sports car, but you're a big man. Like number one, how do you fit in those Lamborghini and what, Ferraris or whatever you're driving around? So Sports car or big SUV, like this or that. What do you prefer, or what's yeah? What do you prefer, sports car or SUV?
2: Well, I mean that's a that's a big. Uh, you can't pick one or the other. So I I like I drive. Uh, I I like driving around the SUVs like on an everyday basis. Okay. Because I like you said I'm a bigger guy. I'm six four. So to squat down in those cars every <laughs> single day. I, I yeah I was I had one for the past two years, but it was. So I got to go with SUV probably, but I like driving those sports cars once in a while. It, so you get to your adrenaline going and, you know, us athletes, we're all adrenaline junkies.
0: Yeah, uh, You're right. Duffer. The closest thing I had was a Lamborghini poster uh, in my bedroom growing up. And, uh, you know, uh, so let's go with the, let's go with the big SUV. Although when I had the big Dodge Ram crew cab, I got nothing but ridicule from Razor, which of course won't surprise you. He just didn't think I was a fit in the big truck.
1: Uh, Well, Razor, he he drove his Ford Taurus forever. So let's, uh, let's leave him be. Now, another thing I want to know is why all these big guys like driving these sports cars. Like you remember Donald Brashear? He had the Lambo. He could barely get in the darn thing. Like getting in and out was so hard. Like why get a nice, like a sedan or something that can go fast. Like. Like, come on with the sports car here, Tucky.
2: Um, yeah, I tried. I tried to fit in the like the Lamborghini, and my my eye line was right where the windshield is, and I'm like, yeah, I can't drive
1: this. <laughs> so your head sticking out through the uh, the convertible. Yeah. Oh boy, that that would not be a good look. No. Uh, okay, how about this? What's more exciting to score? A un- unbelievable highlight goal, like pretty goal. You go through everybody behind your back and in or a big goal, like playoff goal, playoff but goal. you know, that's not, so what's more exciting
2: this or playoff that goal. playoff goal, playoff goal. Okay. 100% okay. through and through playoff goal, not even close.
1: Do you remember okay. one that you scored that you're like, I remember that playoff goal or, or kids tournament goal or something that was major for you?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I think that's that first run with Vegas. I mean, anytime, any, anytime anyone scored or we had, I had a goal as my first playoff experience I, I I had two goals in the one San Jose game, and that game was, like, that was the one of the most fun games ever. But even, like, uh, we played Winnipeg, you know, it was game five, and I had our first goal of the game, and, like, we were freaking out because, I mean, that was, like, one, I scored and then Ryan Reese scored. And it wasn't even a nice goal. It was, like, I spin around, spin, spun around and threw it on net, and it went in. And then Ryan Reese scored, and then we were in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, and it was, like, this is crazy. Yeah
0: that's pretty cool. Duffer, are you a pretty goal type of guy or an important goal type of guy? This, no, I, I'd, I'd take the empty netter in a playoff game.
1: Seriously. <laughs> I say, oh, yeah. I take just, the empty mean, netter. That, you're that
0: much closer to victory, baby. You, oh, I yeah, I tell
1: you all the time how I I wanted to score a goal so bad as a goalie. So I'd take any empty netter in in any game for a goalie. But yeah, okay. Uh, and last but not least, uh, somehow I I don't know why I thought of this, um, but you're moving uh, obviously from Vegas to Buffalo, you got a lot of things to pack. And it made me think of pets, right? Like, Oh, all of a sudden you got to, you know, pack up your pets and go. So are you a cat guy or a dog person, this or that? And if you have any pets, uh, how uh, hard is that going to be to travel with them?
2: Uh, it won't be that hard. Teddy, come here, Teddy. Let's see if he comes. I got a dog. So I got a golden retriever. I
0: was, I was Uh, convinced it was a cat. No, no,
2: Teddy. (laughs) Oh, he's sleeping. Uh, no. I wish I could show you guys, but uh, he was actually—I don't mean to brag—I'm I'm gonna be a proud dad right now. He was <coughs> NHL Dog of the Year, uh, last year. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Last year's NHL Dog of I the Year. I didn't know there he was, was that award. He's a gold retriever. He's a smaller golden retriever, but um, it was uh, yeah, it was something else. Should you want me to go grab him, Crook? he's right there. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go. Yeah. 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 This is Teddy. where
0: Marty, you and I a, have the opportunity to fill, which we do every yeah. single night on the air and b, the payoffs going to be worth it because I've seen pics of this little baby and Teddy is awesome. So, and as a former, <laughs> as a former golden owner myself, I can never get enough goldens, so. oh my goodness, Teddy, Teddy.
1: Tough. uh, does Teddy, bear does,
2: tough.
1: Does, does Teddy like the snow.
2: He's never been in snow before. Oh, so you got to get really a video exciting. the
0: first time. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Teddy and Rick, Marty, you think that's yeah, the new uh, be... Sabres
1: dog, Rick? That's, uh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Those two will be best buddies.
0: Definitely.
2: Definitely will be.
1: Well, Duffer, are you a cat or dog person? Dog all the
0: way. Dog 100 the way. out of a hundred. No disrespect to cats.
1: I'll be honest with you. Like, it's funny. I'm a dog person, but I'm a small dog person. Like my little dog really? who's 11 years old. She's a little toy poodle. She's like an ankle biter and she's with me all the time. Like I take her on the car ride. Surprised. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly.
0: All right. So, we're th- ending it on that note. Okay. <laughs> we're, well, we're thank you. Yeah. Alex, I, Hey, we can't thank you enough for what comes from your heart and how we're going to see that and your talents on display here very soon. Thank you. Thank you Yes, for having me. Marty, I'll put you on the spot. As Alex has mentioned, he's going to be the second Alex to wear 89 here in Buffalo. The first was Alexander the Great. Dare we come up with a nickname for him?
1: Okay, so the Great for McGilney. um, Alexander the Beast. How about that one? I, I feel like Tuck could be that beast on the ice. he got the big beard and he's driving hard to the net. So Alexander the Beast would work for me.
0: I think we can live with that. And we've certainly come to love and live with and anticipate just the reimagination year in, year out of a fundraising initiative from Mike and Amy Lesikowski that is known as the 11 day power play, yep. but it just keeps growing and it just keeps getting better. How do these incredible people do it? And how excited are you for this event once again?
1: I am so excited to be able to, during the hockey season, after a Sabres game, go down to Riverworks and cheer on the 40 players that are taking in this year's 11-day power play for a another world record. And also, there's going to be games on the other ice pad as well, so there's going to be a ton of people there. I'm so looking forward to it.
0: Well, the the money that's raised is obviously significant and incredibly important, but the effort that is put forth by everybody involved in this is truly inspiring. So we continue here. Instigators Overtime, brought to you by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. And now we have this incredible opportunity to welcome in some members of this year's 11-Day Power Play Frozen 40. Marty, I think it's only fitting we start with age before beauty because, in (laughs) essence, that's how we start every pregame show because I talk before (laughs) you do. Uh, And the veteran of this group of 11-Day Power Players is... Well, first of all, it's incredible the determination and commitment he has shown to this event. Andrew Case is with us, and he was an original member in this event five years ago. Andrew, how are you? I'm good, Duffer. Good to see you, and good to see Marty. Love the show. I just got to give you
3: that plug right off the top. (laughs) Well, I appreciate the plug right off the top,
1: uh, but let me ask you this. Are you more scared, or... I don't want to say scared, but looking ahead at the 11 days that is coming up, um, is there a different feeling than the last one? Because now you know how hard it's going to be these whole 11 days?
3: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But you know, experience really sets you up. So uh, I feel confident. I feel this Frozen 40 crew, we're going to be great. We're going to take care of each other. The elements at Riverworks. I wouldn't have it any other way. This is right yeah. on the Buffalo river. Love that dirty water. We're going to be good. We're going to be real good.
0: <laughs> Give us a quick rundown of the previous years, like a really short version of each one and how they were different leading up to this week.
3: Uh, well, you know, we, we had an opportunity to, to get on the ice, um, uh, be among each other for six hours, and then we have another three-hour, uh, you know, workout, and I think the fundraising events, I mean, they've been enormous, so people have gotten the chance to meet each other and, and come together and really, really get psyched and amped up to, to take this on, so I, I think all that involved is, is just really given us the proper charge to knock this out. So, but the last time,
1: uh, you know, it was, the, well, the original one was at Harbor Center, LeCom Harbor Center. It was indoor. You guys had a little area in the parking ramp you could go to to get some fresh air. Now this one is outdoors, and it's going to be a very much a different setting. Even sleeping and and getting your, you know, your your, I don't know, your walks in and your your rest and your rehab and whatnot. So how does that affect your preparation, knowing that the elements could play a
3: big part of it? Well, it's funny you say that, Marty, because during the 2017 event where we had that little space outside on the ramp, it was horrible weather. It was garbage. So we really <laughs> couldn't even enjoy that. So I think, you know, even some of us who went outside where we realized like, OK, this is this is a little rough out here that set us up for this event. So, you know, we're, we're rustic. We're you know, we'll be fine. I think that as long as we. Um, focus on getting good sleep and hydrating and and stretching you know I think we'll be fine Uh, um, those of us who've done it will will surely let people know you know what to expect how to deal with this this challenge or that challenge Um, most importantly and I said this before we just got to make sure all of us are laughing with each other and and keeping our, our spirit up positivity is key for this whole thing
0: As it is when you're in the fight, Andrew, you know that personally, and you know it from those around you who you continue to fight for. Can you give us a little overview of what you've dealt with when it comes to cancer and how it's affected your life?
3: Yeah, unfortunately I've lost over 20 people to cancer, uh, including a dad, a stepdad, um, neighbors, uh, parents of good friends, uh, musicians in the music community, people at work, students, it's been an enormous, unfortunately, an enormous amount of people that I care deeply about. And that profound loss, despite the pain that comes from that, it teaches you to learn how to cope in life and, and do something about it. So I, I've i been inspired by these people who I lost in life and by those who are, who are fighting right now for their lives, those who have survived. The least I can do with this this inspiration is is give love and support and fight this disease with the collective of people. Um, I had about with cancer myself, a thyroid issue that a great doctor at Roswell treated me for and fortunately I didn't have to go through chemo but I had to go through surgery and I got great care at Roswell. And uh, the least I can do is, is support that institution along with the other institu- institutions involved. Um, it really, it charges me. You know, when you give in life collectively, um, you feel like you're full of more life. And, and it's a very simple thing. It just takes energy and a positive spirit.
1: You talk about, obviously, all these people that have been affected that you are playing for and you're supporting. How about the support that you will be getting and have gotten from the community, uh, your friend, your family, showing up to watch? Like when you guys are going to play and start the very first shift and there's going to be tons of people out there at Riverworks, uh, or even in the middle of the night when there's five people in the glass that are going to be there and cheering on you guys, uh, how does that affect the
3: mood and the, uh, to know the support of the community? It's everything. When, when people show up to, to root you on, even if your hockey's not good, you know, I, I have a saying, you know, I've been playing this for a while now and I say to people, well, I'm good enough to be a disappointment at this game. <laughs> so the guys will say, hey, Drew, I thought you could handle that pass. Or, you know, come on, you're out of position or you have an open nut. What's going on there? Well, I'm good enough to, to get close, but not quite to finish. So I expect some of the hecklers in the, in the crowd to, to give me a hard time. And that, that makes me laugh. That keeps my spirit high and, and, I need that, so criticism's a good thing, heckling's a good thing, or just people who root John and say, come on, you got this, get out of your comfort zone, you'll be all right. It's everything for people to come and support us. It really is.
0: And we couldn't do this event without you, Andrew. Thank you so much and good luck once again.
3: Thank you guys, appreciate it. Go 11 days.
0: As mentioned year five for this event there have been changes every year that's the beauty of it and certainly no stranger to the event but a rookie as it pertains to the frozen 40 Morgan Haddock is with us Morgan tell us how you became so connected and involved in this
4: yeah thanks for having me on um so it's pretty personal for me my first 11 day I signed up for was um, right after my dad got diagnosed for a second time that we were told cancer came back. Um, unfortunately, he did not make it. Um, he passed away in March of 2019. So my first one was in June of 2019 I played in, which was really emotional and um, such a great thing to play for him. And then um, last year's community shift during COVID, I had an all-girls team that we played roller the floor hockey against. Yep. So it was such a great thing to be able to have Mike and Amy reach out to me and be like, hey, we really want to get some girls involved in this one. Um, throw in your application. So I was just more than ecstatic when I got that phone call on January 1st.
1: So you did play, though, yeah. like hockey your whole, like, youth, and and your dad was one of your coaches. So um, how – First, like where did you play and how is that having your dad there and now being able to uh, to spend 11 days on the ice, being able to play for him?
4: Yeah, um, it's just such an amazing thing um, that like I'm able to still like carry on such a like a family tradition we have of hockey. Um, I started really young. I played at Kaz. I was like 10 years old on a 19 u team. Um, And then I went, yeah, we were like called the midget line. It was myself and um, Allie Gaswick and uh, Megan Edwards, who Allie went on to play at Ohio State, which is just so cool to have like that kind of, yeah, but we were 10 years old playing on this 19 new team. My name is still up there. We won like this was back when girls hockey was called giggle great lake girls hockey league showing my age now you guys said you guys said age before beauty but now i'm showing how old i am girls playing now don't even know what that league is um so yeah then i went on to play buffalo regals uh and i played a few years at buff state um and then i picked up coaching which um the team that i was coaching when i started getting involved in the 11 day really sparked my love for the hockey game again so
0: well, I don't know if you know this, but I was in conversation with your mom a fair amount when your dad was going through the, uh, yes, his battle. Yes, sent and, us a hat. Yes, and well, I mean, your, your family is just another example of just how courageous and confident and, oh, I don't know, uh, always aware of others, even when times are tough for you personally, so, um. I'd I'd love to know how your mom is doing. Quite frankly,
4: she's she's doing good. Um, she had her own little battle, uh, with some breast cancer issues right after my dad passed. But she is a clean, bill of health, happy, healthy, loving her. Um, just being able to spend you know time with her children. We're all we're all there all the time for her. She loves it.
0: And Molly so, and Luke are your cousins, correct?
4: They are. Yes.
0: So Molly is like this with my youngest daughter so
4: oh okay yeah no they are my cousins from my dad's side molly is a a very strong young woman
0: yeah absolutely absolutely
1: and this is this is amazing though duffer because like you didn't grow up here in buffalo you came here and started working with the sabers and you have these connections with the community that people don't even know so that's amazing to me that you guys have got this connection that goes back a few years now with the families. Um, Morgan, let me ask you this, like who will be showing up to support you? Like who do you think will be there and who do you you want to see on the side and be able to cheer for you?
4: That's so great this community is. I know anybody that I I talk to on a daily basis has a day picked out that they're going to come. Everybody's got my schedule between coworkers and, you know, family and friends and um, girls that I've coached over the years they all have a day that they're coming down they're going to get dinner and watch me play which is just it's so great like how strong the hockey community is like it's amazing to see up here.
0: How much are you playing on a regular basis outside of this like are you still like a once a week player or what?
4: <laughs> um, sometimes um, I skate with work sometimes and then also I am on a senior women's team and we actually made nationals the year of COVID. So we got invited back down this year. So we're starting to skate up again too.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. And and, uh, take us through like the, the fundraising because again, this Marty is the most, I I don't want to say overlooked because we all see that big number when it's all said and done, but the big number doesn't come without every player that we're talking to here today. And in this instance, Morgan, like, there is a lot of weight on each player in this to raise a lot of money. How did you do it, Morgan?
4: Yeah, so we had to raise – each player had like a minimum goal of 15000 that we wanted to get for the original forty. dollars um, The sponsorship was a big one. I'm sponsored by Squire and um, that I got through um, – my boyfriend's sister is now big in that company, so she – thankfully I was able to reach out to her and get um, that sponsorship. But the sponsorships were definitely a big thing. But also just sharing it on Facebook, it just shows how much people um, are affected by cancer because I had literally over $10,000 just donated from friends I have on Facebook. And I haven't talked to some of them in years, but Mm -hmm. everybody is affected by cancer. And that's just some awful but crazy thing to say. Um, But it, it does. It brings the community together as soon as you say that big, scary C word. Yeah. before you you, wait just one
1: second before you're prepared for this what's the longest you had been on your skates and played like i i remember playing days on the pond but that was maybe six seven eight hours what's the longest you had been on your skates before
4: um probably about the same you know just as a kid being out skating i like to think it's almost like a a super long tournament i'm trying to like hone in those skills you know when you were like 12 through 16 going to a tournament with like all your friends and you had games back to back or like four hours apart. I'm really trying to channel that inner child in me who just was eating like absolute garbage and still was able to play. So
0: Yeah, we all know the garbage that especially came from the concession stands in those. Uh... Yeah, yeah,
4: like the French fries between games, like that's absolute terrible nutrition. So um... I,
0: feel, I, I feel like the French fries would have been Adela, like it just like an elite snack if that existed in my right. time. But yeah, Morgan, thanks again and uh, and good luck. And obviously all the best to you and your family.
4: Thanks, guys. Matt English
0: is a rookie in this event, and I can only imagine but I'm not going to verbalize what I'm thinking. I want to know what you're thinking, Matt. Like, I mean, what words are, is there fear? Is there trepidation? Is there excitement? Like what's going on? I think I got a little bit of everything.
5: Um, I don't know what to expect. I, um, I've tried to talk to all those old wily vets, like, uh, like drew there and kind of pick their brains and, you know, find some little tricks to the trade that those guys did last time around. Cause, uh, I want to make sure that those 11 days go as smoothly as possible.
1: But what's the plan? Last time they did this, uh, you know, uh, world record, Guinness world record, uh, they would do, I believe was four hours on, and then they had four off, four on. Is that gonna be the same schedule? Are you guys adjusting a few things, do you know?
5: Yeah, there's a little bit of change. Um, So what they're gonna do is basically like that four on, eight off, but uh, there's a few days where you stay on two hours late to kind of help with the group behind you. Okay. There's days where you'll go on two hours early and still, again, help the group before you kind of help them wrap up. Okay. And then uh, we all have to take one goalie shift, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. Marty. Well, that's
1: where's my next question. I mean, I remember seeing some of the guys coming off their four hour shift in goalie gear and be like completely shot, right? Like your body doesn't respond the same way. Is that one of the, uh the most difficult part you think will be to play goalie? Oh, I, Yes. I'm trying to compile some cash
5: here to pay off some people to play for me. I
0: think <laughs> now, wait a minute. Where you were, didn't you grow up as a defenseman? I did. Yes. Come on. Every good defenseman should relish the opportunity to block a few more shots. No. Well, yeah, I've
5: blocked a couple. I don't want to block all of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then are you, are
1: you going to keep your, your player skates to play goal? Or are you going to go in and play goalie skate in goalie skates? Uh,
5: as far as I know right now, I just, I never even thought about
1: it. So okay, great question, Marty. Well, you want to be comfortable and you don't want to put somebody else's skates and then have blisters. Like that's the worst part of it. So comfort is first. Don't worry about uh, the look. Let me just tell you this. Or or, or the
0: save percentage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, if we were to go to hockeydb.com and type in your name, there, there's some stats for you, right? Over the years, did you not touch minor pro at one point? Oh, I had a cup of coffee here and there. Yeah. <laughs> tell us, tell us about those. Uh, I think it was a dozen games in a couple different leagues, and and how you how you ended up getting there.
5: Yeah. Uh, well, I finished up. I never even expected it, honestly. I, we got knocked out of the NCAA tournament. I packed my stuff up. Me and a bunch of my teammates were driving up to Montreal, and I got a phone call saying you need to be back because we're you're getting flown out to Texas to play uh, down in Lubbock, middle of nowhere. So uh, I was there. I was, you know, Utah, uh, California. I ended up down in Florida, played in the Southern League for a little bit. And that's quite the experience sitting on, a, sitting on a bus for weeks on end, traveling from Texas to Ohio and back. And that, and that was coming out of
1: uh, SUNY Geneseo, right? Correct. Yes. Uh, I, I I'm interested to find out. So, I keep telling kids all the time, and this is a totally different conversation, but some of them just want to play division one, right? That's their big goal. But I keep saying like, like division three hockey is great hockey with some great schools. So how was your, your road to playing at Geneseo?
5: Um, you know, so I started, I grew up in, uh, played at West Seneca. I uh, yep. played for the Niagara scenic, which is now the junior Sabres. Yep. Um, Went on. I actually originally went to RIT and transferred over to Geneseo uh, almost immediately. And, you know, I was a small defenseman in a time when, uh, Marty, you weren't that far in front of me. Like small defensemen were not a thing. Yeah. Uh, I skated the puck a lot. I was very offensive. Um, And so I just thought, you know, for me, I thought I'd take the opportunity to go somewhere where I would play a lot, you know, experience, you know, almost like what the Sabres are going through now. You know, with like letting the younger kids play a ton and see every situation. And I just figured that would be the best for me, kind of see that. And, uh, yeah, that's that was my path
0: there. Well, Matt, last one for you. Um, and, And honestly, one of the beautiful things in the evolution of this event has been the number of people that have got involved in every possible way. And speaking kind of selfishly, you know, from the line of work that we're in the video production and the coverage of it has grown so much and allowed every individual person like yourself and all our guests to tell their story. And, you know, I I think it really resonates with people when it comes to the fundraising aspect. Yes, you know a lot of people, but for people that don't know, when they hear your words, they might be more inclined to donate. And, And I have to say, you know, from the videos that I've watched, Matt, you were very emotional in, yeah. in, in telling your story, and I, I'd love for you to, to share it with our audience. Again, if you could, just to just to really allow it to hit home for people why this is so important.
5: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do my best to do it this time without crying. But uh, I had, you know, my mother-in-law passed away about 10 years ago. You know, she uh, it was a very aggressive form of cancer. Uh, by the time she was diagnosed, I don't even think it was six months. Um, I also have a very good friend of mine, a coworker that is 28 years old, or sorry, passed away at 28 uh, just this past June. And just to see what they, you know, not even just what they go through, but, you know, their families and their friends and, and truly, and this is where I always end up getting choked up, like just to watch the devastation of my wife and her family, you know, it uh, was terrible to see. And so when this opportunity came along, I really just thought, you know, man, if there is just any, anything I can do to give one more person that, you know, that opportunity at life again, you know, to give my friend Bo an opportunity to have a family himself or, you know, give my mother-in-law an opportunity to meet her grandchildren, which she didn't get to do. Um, You know, yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here for. And that's, you know, absolutely why I want to do this.
0: And I know there's a youngster too, and Owen Chase, right?
5: Yeah, Owen, I've coached Owen the last three years, and he's my daughter's age, and that was another one, man, uh, Duff. It really hit home when I coached him during his battle and I see him show up at the, the rink the day of, the day after getting treatment. It was amazing, you know, and I hear I have my kids crying because they didn't want to wake up early. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, this kid, he's just a warrior. He's battling through it, he, and it was great. He's such an inspiration to me for this.
0: Amazing. Thank you again for sharing that and uh, everyone's a warrior in it. And, uh, and we just, we take this opportunity to, to celebrate you guys playing for them and to celebrate them in their battle. Thank you, Matt. Thanks guys. Marty, as the saying goes on the 11 day power play website, which is 11 day power that Buffalo fights cancer one shift at a time. Our shift for this week is winding down, but, uh, Hard not to just take the inspiration of today into all the days that follow.
1: It's amazing the people you meet with uh, with hockey and the community that surrounds hockey. So I got to meet Alex Stuck for the first time at the 11-day power play, and now I, you know, consider well, he's in my phone, so I consider him like a, an acquaintance or something. And uh, meeting three new people today uh, that are going to be taken on that 11-day. Power play challenge, uh, amazing to to know that the hockey community keeps growing and growing and growing, and it's doing it for the right cause.
0: You know, thinking back to Tuck taking part in it uh, a couple of years ago, uh, are you thinking of any other potential, you know, celebrity sightings this time around? Oh man, I don't know, but i I'm gonna I'm gonna be making some phone calls.
1: Let me tell you this, and really, to be honest with you. Getting a call from Mike and Amy Lestikowski, I mean, you say yes right away. So they could call anybody. Like if I call them, they're going to say, I'm already not sure. I don't know. But then Mike and Amy, especially Amy calls, and then you say yes already. So that's the way it works, right?
0: Yeah. It, honestly, so great today. Just so inspiring. And we hope you take some of, of those words of inspiration with you in the days ahead. Best of luck to everybody involved in the 11 day power play. Thanks for being with us on instigators overtime presented by Seneca resorts and Casino.